you is a very fluid concept right now. It's culture and film and art. It's music and interesting books. It's conversations and eavesdroppings. It's the impact of friends and complete strangers. The stuff that gets into the cracks of your life and makes you who you are. It's an attention collection. You already have one. The question is, how are you using it? Timothy Beeler. Anthony Garcia. You are here. Here we are, man. It, it, it feels like it's been a minute. You know, we've got, what, 67-some episodes, and you've only graced us with your presence one time. For today, that changes. Rightly so. But, yeah, tonight that changes. Tonight, I become the most requested... Request is probably not the right word. Oh, there have been so many requests. Right. Inundated. The most frequent guest on the Attention Collection podcast. We're glad to have you. The audience is emotional. They're excited. Mm -hmm. The anticipation is palpable. Mm -hmm. And so... Here we go. And here we go. Here it is. Hopefully, uh, I mean, it's guaranteed to live up to the hype. Guaranteed. So much hype. But let's hope it does. It's already lived up. We could end it right here, and it's golden. All right, folks. Thanks for coming. All right. We'll see you next time on the Attention Collection Podcast. So what's up, man? What's on your mind? What's on your heart these days? I was, uh, I don't know. You know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking many thoughts. Thoughts, thoughts move through my head, much as they move through the heads of other people. And I've been thinking a lot lately, and I haven't really been able to put my my finger on it. Like, I haven't been able to totally wrap up the idea yet. Yeah. So it's sprawling right now. It's a little bit nebulous. But it actually began, this thought I'm having, it began while I was washing dishes. As most good ideas do. Absolutely. And as I'm washing the dishes and, you know, drying them, going through... Go through the ritual of, of the dishwashing. If you're a dishwasher, I'm the dishwasher at our house because I'm not allowed to do uh, other specific chores. <laughs> but I can wash dishes. I can I can dry them and put them in their place. And as I'm putting them in their place, uh, my kitchen is, is by no by no means large. Sure. Right? It's, it's a I, I would I would say it's probably an average size kitchen in America. Sure. And and I just look. Like while I'm doing the while I'm putting them away, I look, and there's at least six cabinets open. These are cabinets that I've gone to put dish in this one, and I've gone to put cup in this one, and I've gone to put uh, like food storage containers in this one, and then there are lids in this other one, and and so there, there's there's a cabinet for each thing. There's a cabinet for coffee cups. There's a cabinet for the kids' cups, right? There's all these cabinets, and while I'm putting it away, I'm just thinking, oh my God, all this does is service my consumption of food. Right. It's containers for containers. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The cabinets are containers for the containers. Yeah. And so I'm like, while I'm doing this, I'm just thinking about like, what is involved in my life in meal prep? Yeah. Let's back that up. What's involved in the process of just me eating? Let's just say that, Right. And so, you know, my brain just goes on this absolute rabbit trail of going to the store, buying food. Or if you're like my wife, not like me, if you're like my wife, 
all the time spent before the store making the list. Right, I'm going to need this ingredient on Tuesday. It's right. Saturday afternoon, I'm already plotting. Absolutely. Yeah. So you're making the list, right, all that time. Then you drive to the store. Then you do the shopping. Then you bring the stuff home. Then you put the stuff away, right? And that's just that's just an act of gathering. And then when it's time to cook, right, you get all the stuff out. And then you get out all the pans and the spoons and all the knives and everything you need to do to make the meal, right? Spatulas and all this stuff. Then you make the meal. Then you get out the dishes and the cups and all the stuff to eat the meal, right? And then when you're done, you put it in a dishwasher or you wash it by hand. And so there are so many things involved in, like, the simplest meal. Sure. Mac and cheese can be a, mac and cheese. a kitchen explosion. Absolutely. And so I'm thinking about this while I'm doing the dishes. I'm like, there is so much maintenance involved in this. There's so many pieces that we don't think about on a daily basis, right? Even in the act of cooking half the time, it's, it's very autopilot. Like I could grab this pan and I'm thinking about the fact that this pan is needed a place to house. I needed to purchase this pan at some point. It takes, you know, whatever it takes to wash it. Yeah. There's all these things. And I'm, my mind is just like melting that all this is involved in the simple act of food preparation. Right. I'm exhausted hearing. It's just, you do, you, were, you weren't actually even cooking in this scenario. Right. You were washing dishes. Thank God I wasn't cooking. It's the aftermath of the cooking, and yeah. you're thinking through all of the steps required. So you're on this rabbit trail in your mind, standing over the sink. You realize cabinet after cabinet after cabinet is open. Then what happens? So... Well, first off, doing the dishes, you know, the nightly chore, I was, I was saying that, you know, I got all these cabinets open, and I was, then I started to laugh because, you know, I do rabbit trails all the time. I started to laugh as I start to close all these cabinets. I said, I feel like Vanna White <laughs> flipping over, like someone, someone got like the most populous letter in the guest and something closing all these things. I felt like Vanna White walking around my kitchen, touching cabinet doors. You know, I didn't, until this very moment, it didn't really occur to me how much you actually resemble Vanna White. I, I mean, the beard that. and the hair color. and Right. But other than that, spot yeah. on Vanna. But, but the nightgown I'm wearing. Uh, sure, is, sure. Uh, it's definitely. It's very tasteful, though, which is nice. I appreciate that. Yeah, so, so then, okay, so this was just one area of life, right? So then, obviously, obviously, I had to think about it in every single area. Yeah. because that's what I do. And then so I started thinking about my closet, or just, even back that up, the act of being dressed, yeah. right? So again, the same thing. To be dressed, you have to shop. Yeah. You have to buy clothes. You have to bring the clothes home. I recommend washing them before wearing them. It helps. You know, then you dry them, you fold them, you put them away, or you hang them, or whatever you do, and then you have, like, the ritual of picking out what you're going to wear that day. These socks go with this shirt. I'm not even sure if that's a consideration humans have. Right. But you start to put all these things together. So there's, again, there's not just money invested in these things. I mean, there's tons of money invested in clothing, invested in dishes, invested in cabinet spaces and closet space and all the stuff that we get in our house so that we can, or our apartment or wherever we are, so that we can fit our stuff. But then there's, like like I was saying, like this maintenance cost of, of mentality, right? Like I'm thinking about it. Well, do you have those dishes that you see, you see them all the time because you have to shove things around them to fit everything, but you use them once, twice a year tops? It's like that special right. occasion thing that yes. 
the fine china. Everybody got fine china for their wedding. Right. And uh, we have you. So my wife and I have been married twelve years now. Yeah. And we have used the fine china from our wedding one time. There you go. But it was that one time that made it worth it. It was right? beautiful. It's that much it more made special. the dish pop. <laughs> so so we do this right. We have this in our closets. We have this in our kitchens. We do this with the things we drive. There's so many areas in our lives where we, there's always more. And there's, there's a cost more. associated with yes. the more, right? Yeah, but we don't, I mean, we don't think about the cost. Like, I think it's easy to think about the dollars and cents of the upfront purchase, right? Yeah. Okay, does this make, does it make sense to spend you know, $20 on a pair of jeans or $50 on a pair of jeans or whatever, whatever that is, does that number make sense? Okay, I bought it, now it's over. But it's not over. Because, let's just take clothes for example, you're going to wash your clothes. Yeah. What are you going to wash them in? Do you own a washer and dryer? Do you right. need to buy that? Do you need to go to the laundromat? You know, water isn't free. I mean, it's cheap-ish. Right. It's not free. Detergent, like all these things. And then and then those are just monetary costs. Electricity, all that kind of stuff. So that's, that's monetary. But then there's also the time it takes to do all this stuff. The folding of the... There is a mountain of clothing on our kitchen table at least once a week. A yeah. mountain. And it, it looks like Mount Kilimanjaro on our dining table. It's like, are we really going to do this? Yeah. At some subconscious level, like you you understand, you may not put it into the same words of like quantifying it, yeah. but you look at it and you just give up. Like, right. I don't have the time for this. So you recognize this takes time, right? This takes care. It takes hands-on. Yeah, and in that moment, you feel as if you're paying for those items all over again. There's a cost. You've, you've, you've had that shirt. You see that shirt that you've worn for 15 years peeking out of that pile. But you have paid for it so many times in the laundering of it, in the folding of it, in the... It's just there's always a cost that is after the cost. Yeah. Yeah. And we never... We, I, I don't say never. But we rarely consider what that means in terms of our life. I've had that moment where I have put away a shirt and I've said, why do I still own this? And then I put it away. <laughs> but right. this is where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's just all these moments of our life. And, you know, it's funny. I, so while after thinking about this, I just, I just got curious. And so I looked up, like, average kitchen size. What were the averages? What were the numbers here? And I came upon this article about how the average kitchen size, both in the U.S. and in the U.K., has more than doubled since, I don't remember the, the date, actually. I think it was like the 40s or the 50s. So, 70 years, but the average kitchen has doubled. And it's doubled in its storage capacity, right. specifically. And so... There's this, there's been this whole movement they, they talked about, it, you know, ever since obviously refrigeration, refrigeration automatically allows us to buy and keep more food on hand, yeah. right? You can hold it for X amount of time, you can put it in the freezer. So now you have, now you have um, this longevity to food, so you can have more. And so to have more uh, also means like you need to fix it differently, all right? Because yeah. you can't just eat, you can't eat a boiled piece of chicken all Right, you gotta mix it up, different right. spices, so different you gotta grill, styles. You gotta buy a grill, yeah, you gotta have the spices, you gotta have the spice cabinet, you gotta have, 
you know, the cast iron skillet. Uh, right. You got to have, I, I'm, I'm no chef, so forgive me for not actually having real answers for this. But you got to have all this stuff so you can fix the food differently. And then all that stuff's got to live somewhere, right? And then you want to entertain. Right. So you no longer have, you know, like eight dishes for a family of four. So you can have like two nights all of being washed. Now you have 50 dishes. So just in case your friends go over one time a year, right. they can have a plate as well. Yeah, you always have that just in case. It's just in case. And then you always find, there's. I mean, this is where marketing plays a huge. I would imagine marketing accounts for the reason kitchen sizes have doubled on average. Yes. It's not because food has gotten bigger, right? Absolutely not. <laughs> you know, it's because, well, you well, this walk-in pantry would be super nice. Or so you would, You'd have to go to the grocery store less. And I would imagine we... Our kitchens are bigger, so we should be able to hold more. We can go to Costco and bring, have them dump a pallet of whatever at our doorstep, right? But I would imagine we probably go to the grocery store more. We have more capacity, so therefore we should be able to contain more for longer periods of time. But I would imagine we go more than we did Absolutely. before kitchens doubled. I don't know how many times the words have escaped my lips or my wife's lips or my son's lips. <laughs> we don't have anything to eat. Right. When in fact we have an entire pantry yeah. full of food. It's usually dry goods, right? It's canned beans or it's uh, like spaghetti yeah. noodles or, or whatever. But there's food in the house. But we look at all that and we go, we've got nothing to eat. Yeah, we got to go store. This is boring, or you know, I, I'm not in the mood for this. Like what? What a statement! I'm not in the mood for this. Yeah, the luxury of being able to say that. Yeah. But that goes to so many different things, right? That goes to like I think about the cost associated with things that you don't think about in the moment. So the marketing gets you like, it would be nice to have this beautiful kitchen. It'd be nice to expand. And, and it is nice, you know, but aside from the fact that there's the aesthetic, right? We want people to see our new kitchens and our new rooms and they look really cool. And you know, you can put them on Instagram and people swoon over them. But I, I think back to like my grandma, like years and years growing up, she, I would be in her garage and she would talk about, having to take her car for a tune-up. And I feel like she was always talking about taking her car for a tune-up. And at that time, I didn't understand it, right? But what I know now is there's a reason why her cars were 30 years old, you know? It's because she understood. You don't just buy a car. That's step one. There's the, you know, and even, let's say you buy it outright. You have the means with which to buy the car outright. You're not financing it. You're not leasing it. You pay for it. But that's not done, right? Obviously, you have the oil and the fuel, but there's the maintenance on that. There's the, the tires, and there's, there's so many different things that you have to do. And she was so on top of that that those cars lasted. But there's the associated cost. Most of us just get things because we need them, and we don't think about, or even if we want them, we don't think about the upkeep of that. And that goes not just with vehicles and houses and everything else that we have to maintain, Yep. I think about the social cost Absolutely. where we are right now. The social cost of the the way we engage digitally or on the internet or on social media. There's a cost with these things. And the, the strange thing is most of these platforms are free. So we don't realize the cost we're incurring with engaging with these things right. on a regular basis. Yeah. So there was the big, um, the big documentary that just came out of the social dilemma. And they, they talk about like a lot of these things. We, you know, up front, what you see is this great way to connect with people. Right? Yeah. People, people uh, who uh, friends that live distance, family that live distance, and you can connect with them right now. You can meet.
people. Like I'm, I'm on Instagram right now, chatting with people in India. Yeah. I mean, not right now. Right. Now. right. I, mean, I wish you would just show up for this podcast. Obviously respectful enough to put that away for for this. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm meeting all these people, but they go on to say uh, in that in that documentary, uh, Tristan Harris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He says, um, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. And I don't think that's I don't necessarily know that it's his quote or, or right. whatever, but. That's a, that's a really profound statement. If you're not paying for a product, then you are the product. In other words, for example, Instagram or Facebook or whoever, it's free to use, but you become their product. They sell you to advertisers, so they market it, right? It's, yeah, Mark Zuckerberg isn't Zuckerberg? Wouldn't that be Zuckerberg. nice? Like, I, I morphed Twitter and Facebook. Zuckerberg. Like that. Like that, that would that's be, the, that's, that's the next. Yeah, that's coming absolutely. when they ultimately merge with Google and take over the world. <laughs> But, that's kinda. Right. That's when the machines take over. But Mark Zuckerberg isn't just doing this. He didn't just create this social platform out of the kindness exactly of his heart. Right? It wasn't like this altruistic. We need to bring people together. That, that Wouldn't that be nice? Like right. there's the cost of how do we monetize this, right? And so obviously, yes, it's free to use. We can download these apps and we're on them. But what we know, even if I never click an ad, which so many of us do, uh, my information is being sold on one literal level, but on the other hand, my attention. Yes. That is the cost after the call. Like, I don't realize uh, it's free to use, but hours of our days are being pulled into something. And that has beneficial things, like you said, connecting with people around the world, showing grandma what's up with my kids, even though she's across the country. All those things are fantastic uses of time, but there's so much endless scrolling yeah. that just sucks us in and the cost is we don't daydream like we used to daydream mm -hmm. uh, we might not engage with other human people in our direct vicinity like we used to obviously right now with social distancing it's it's got its own challenges it's preferred that you don't it's preferred that you stay that distant from people but we are the cost that we don't think about when we're downloading the app or when we're even opening it up first thing in the morning yeah right it's as soon as we open our eyes boom we're engaged with something yeah and we have outsourced on some level our own attention so someone else is using our attention at their will mm -hmm. it's, it's marketers it's advertisers it's quote influencers it's whatever and those things that's the balance right you didn't start off this thing this conversation saying uh, I was in my kitchen the other day washing dishes, and I just hate kitchens. Kitchens are manipulating me, and they're trying to take over my life, and these dishes are destroying me. You didn't say that. You right. you like the fact that you have dishes to it's wash. Wonderful. You like it's the fact that you have a... And it leads to some great things. It leads to great things, but you also realize that there's a cost involved. Yeah. That there's always the cost. Yeah. It's that, but wait, there's more factor. Right. And so it's, a, it's kind of a misnomer to say, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product, because it's a both and. You are paying for the product, and you are the product. Right. It's both because you're paying for it in these unseen in these unseen ways, right? Yeah. And and then you allude to the but wait, there's more, right? This right. great infomercial line. Like there's always there's always something else. There's always something else. And that's what this stuff is. It's a hook to bring you into whatever that something else is, whether it's you know just another few minutes of scrolling, you know, or like you said, maybe it's like it's like upgrading the pantry size, right? right? Or, or or the thing. So there's always this hook to to, to bring in more of you while at the same time kind of taking over your life, like running your life. So it's, yeah, it's like you watch those infomercials back in the day, right? You watch clips of them. 
and you went to buy the George Foreman grill, right? But then they throw in the George Foreman toaster and the George Foreman hairbrush and the George Foreman tweezers. Which Foreman was very, so, so, uh, his hair was so amazing that right. the, the, the hairbrush is like. The hairbrush just made sense. It's like nothing you've ever used. So it's like you end up buying something because, oh my goodness, I get this, that, the other, and this. Knowing full well. You weren't even considering those things before you sat down to watch this. Right. But that seemed like such a great incentive. And all it was is things you didn't need, things that probably didn't equal the value of what they were said. And then you have to store those things. Right. They got to go somewhere. <laughs> they have to go somewhere. So the, it's like, yes, it seems like a benefit, seems like a feature, but it's actually, it's another cost. The yeah, boat weight there's more always has baggage associated yeah. with yeah. it. Yeah, so here's a great for instance, and I don't know if we've exhausted this to death or not. Probably. If you're still listening, kudos to you. Right. Congratulations. We'd love for you to, to write in and just let us know what insanity helped you make it this far. Right. But, so we just recently downsized. Like, we bought a new house. Well, we were renting, so we bought a house. We were renting a house before this. It was, I think, like 2,400 square feet. And we just bought a house that's like 1,500, 1,400, something like that. I don't actually even know what we did. Um, so we downsized by like 1,000 square feet. Yeah. And the first thing we had to figure out was how is all that stuff going to fit in this place? Because no matter what, like when we moved in that 2,400 square foot house, we moved from a 1,700. Yeah. So we gained 700 square feet. And we easily and quickly filled it up, right? We, that 700 feet was, was gone almost immediately. But then when we backtracked, we figured out well, we're going to put all this stuff. We got rid of a lot of it and all that kind of thing. And, um, but, you know, there's like, oh, now we only have three bedrooms instead of four. Like, how are we going to exist as human beings? Right. And, and so you're like trying to figure out like how to go backwards, whatever, air quotes on that, like backwards, right? Because your dream is bigger and better and more and all, and all this kind of stuff. And what we, what we quickly realized is not only were we easily able to exist in this house, the four of us with our two boys, four of us includes our two boys. I don't want to make it sound like we're like this weird <laughs> swinger, Salt Lake City here. Listen, on. this Nothing is a non-judgment kind of podcast. Um, not only were we easily able to coexist in this house, but we spent a ton less time cleaning. A thousand oh. square feet less time cleaning. And you Absolutely. don't think about that when you get the big place. You're like, oh, but now this actually has to be maintain it. I have to clean this. I have to evacuate it. I got to dust. Whatever the thing is. So we spent a lot less time doing that. Right? We have less stuff, which means we have less stuff to think about. Yeah. Because whether or not whether or not we know it, all the things we own like possess a little bit of space in our brain. All, all the time. Yeah. Whether whether it's like this low level hum or whether like it's shouting at us. Like we have to it just it just occupies space. It takes a little more attention. And so we've been so much better for it even though it was like oh my god we're going backwards in life how could we possibly survive in these conditions <laughs> and then it's like why did we need the other conditions at some point you're right. removed enough from it to realize how outlandish some of this stuff gets it's a it yeah it can be it can be quite a bit i think you know it's not about this like judgment of i have to strip everything away but i do think it helps to stop in this but wait there's more and, and ask yourself is that a feature like is that a good thing right do i need the more or would i be better off with the less and it's not necessarily you become a harsh minimalist and scrap everything and it's not even necessarily you delete all the apps off of your phone 
but I think it becomes this check-in, however regularly you need to do it to go, is this serving me or is this, like you said, is it that low-level hum of stress or I'm being occupied by something? I would like to. That's why so many people, when they finally get out in nature, you know, away from things, it might it seems uncomfortable at first, but then they're like, man, why don't I do this more often? It's like you almost have to like walk away from something literally to get enough space from it to appreciate that silence, that calm, that I don't need this. I need more. Or maybe you come back to those things. You don't get rid of them, but you appreciate them on a different level. And your relationship with those things changes. Yeah, yeah, that's big. I mean, we, we tend not to think about it in those terms, especially with technology, but with clothes and all that kind of stuff. A relationship. Yeah. Like we have a relationship to these things. We've built bonds. That's why you can't get rid of clothes. Right. Right. When was the last time you are like, I'm going to clean out the closet? Right. And then by the time you're done, four hours later, you got rid of like a shirt and a pair of underwear that. And then you're like congratulating yourself because you know you've had that for a long time. But like we build these bonds with these inanimate things, and that's not bad. I think there's sentiment that's important that you know with the things you own. I mean, I hope you own them because you, you know, they mean something to you. But there's a lot of stuff we own that doesn't mean anything to us. But we build these bonds with them, and it becomes this relationship that we need to check. Like, is this a healthy relationship anymore? You know. I will say for my dad. My dad had an unhealthy relationship with some of his shirts. He held them too long, right. by far. And uh, you know now actually they're coming back in style. So now I wish I had held them. Right. But if you'd have held on to them a couple decades. <laughs> but, but there comes this place, yeah, where we like you, you got to check in on that. And and I think like like you're saying, like to think about it in those terms changes the game a little bit. It's not a thing anymore. It owns a piece of you in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, if you think about the infomercials, the best ones, the people. The infomercials, the things that the sham wows and the, you know, the products that blew up and they were in everybody's consciousness. Whether you own them or not, you knew the infomercial. You knew the person selling it. The ones that thrived did so because they made an emotional connection with the viewer. It, it went from just being, oh, that might be cool, to I need that. Right. And I think we probably always have this running infomercial in our own minds that we broadcast. I need these things. Oh, if, if I had more of this, that would solve problems. Yeah. And then you get the more, and it just, on some level, creates a problem. Yeah. So we probably have to check in with our internal infomercial from yeah. time to time. Yeah, switch the channel. Need is a very deceptive word. It can creep in so easy, right? It becomes synonymous with want. But oh, yeah. we, we neglect the want part of it, right? We move right to the need part. We're trying to convince ourselves yeah. to get this thing. Justifies it. Yeah, justifies it. And so, actually, my wife and I talked about that quite often. We're like, well, need's a pretty interesting word in this sense. Let's, let's look at that again. <laughs> right. Do I really need, you know, this? And, you know, it's, it's laugh. You know, we laugh about it or whatever. But there is something there, too, that, like, when we convince ourselves of what our needs are. And that really changes, like, how we interact with our life. When we feel like we need these things that we clearly don't need at all, not even from the sense of whether or not they're good for us. Like, we just physically don't need them to survive. Instead of like expending our, our money and our resources to get these things. And there was this, there was this um, I, I can't remember if it was on YouTube or it was a commercial I saw, but there's a guy flipping burgers at a grill. Yeah. Smile on his face and you can see in the background kids are playing. You know, he looks like he's got like the American dream house, right? You can see the fence in the backyard. He's wearing the apron. And, um, 
and, and like the spokesman, the announcer, you can't see is saying, Bob, you've got, you know, the perfect house and you've got two cars and your kids in college and blah, blah, blah. you know, they're going through all the things that everybody wants. And, um, you know, you've got the dog and you've got the swimming pool. And how do you do it all, Bob? And with a, just a smile on his face, Bob says, you know what? I'm dead up to my eyeballs. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why well, flipping burgers? It's like this reality of, of the emotional and mental strain of all these things. And we don't give them enough credit or time. And our lives are so much better without them. And like you said, it's not about minimalism. It's yeah. not about, you know, like this becoming like a hermit and sure. like moving to a cave somewhere. But it's about paying attention to you. Is this serving me? Does this bring value to my life? Would I get more value out of, you know, heaven forbid, like wrestling with my kids or something on the carpet right. versus, you know, scrolling through a the A conversation with a real human person. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's funny, you know, the, the infomercials are famous or infamous for their over-the-top dramatized. If, if there's a spill, it's not just tipping over the glass. It's you fumbled it three times, it did a somersault, splashed on the table, and then covered your dog. That's the spill in an infomercial. Or if you put the hole in the wall trying to hang a picture, it, yeah. you put a Kool-Aid man busting through the wall size hole in your wall. Right. It makes these extremes. It makes them the norm. It right? makes the extremes the norm. And I think the interesting thing is that's what makes them so successful is that they blow things up. It's the emotion. It's the, it's the theater of it. And I think our minds are really good at blowing things up. They, we are really good unintentionally at exaggerating our thoughts, our wants. Like you said, that's how the want becomes the need because we're filming these infomercials in our brain at all times. So I think, yeah, it's not necessarily going and living in a cave for a week, but it is like sitting back, thinking about all this, but wait, there's more piling up in front of you and go, yeah, but I don't need that. I would never use that, but that doesn't help me, but I'm not even interested in that. That's not the color I like. And distancing ourselves just long enough to get enough space to make slightly better decisions about what we need in our lives. I think yeah. that would be good. Can we, can we end with some homework? Let's do it. Anthony? So here's the homework. The homework is not go get rid of everything that you don't need. The homework is when you're doing the things that you do in life, when you're doing the dishes, when you're doing the laundry, right? When you're scrolling on your phone, the homework is to plug this thought into your brain right now and say, right now, what does this cost me? Oh, yeah. What does this cost right now? And you might you might say, I've had a long day. I really need to unwind. Scrolling through Instagram right now is the, it serves me. Yeah. And it might. Yeah. So please. So don't hear me saying there's a black and white on this. What does this cost me? That's the question. And then be honest with yourself, because that's the other part, right? Self-discovery, introspection, all these types of things, it requires honesty. 100%. Because we can, we can justify anything we want. I mean, we're, very, we're very adept at that as humans, right? Justify anything we want to get the ends that we think we want. But that honesty to say, eh, the cost might be a little too high right here. Right now. I think that's it. Like That's the homework. I love that. I think the one thing I would add to that is listening to podcasts and this podcast in particular is always worth the cost. Right. It's always a good choice in yes. whatever situation you find yourself. Yeah. In this podcast, you are not the product. 
you're, you're actually the recipient. You are. We're giving. We're givers. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So listen, Tim, I think, speaking of cost, I think this conversation was well worth the money our audience has uh, invested to hear it. Mm. So thank you for being the most frequent guest on the Attention Collection Podcast. And I look forward to our next sit-down a year from now. At least a year from now. (laughs) And we'd love to know, you know what, if you got value out of this, why don't you mindlessly scroll on Instagram really quickly and follow us if you're not. I don't like the word follow. I mean, really join in with us, but the button says follow. Ignore Um, the button, click it. In your mind, though, it. it says join. For sure, click it. Team up conspire with and uh, and let us know if you if you got a value from this is helpful to you um, if you feel like you would like a refund for the last 33 minutes we'll give it back yeah we'll make sure we call we'll that if you call now though you call now because we're right, there's only four left right? there's only four yes four listens left mm-hmm. so call now and uh, act well it's available tim thank yeah. you so much it's good man thanks for letting me um unwind Brain. I'm gonna let you get out of here so you can go do some dishes. Mm, here it comes. All right.